0: Oh, it's raining, it's windy, it's cold. It is hard to believe that just yesterday I was on a two-hour run. Blue skies, warm sunshine, summertime. And now this is fall, this is autumn. It's all over. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of The Walk. Despite the weather, I'm going for a short walk to share with you an update on how I'm doing, what's going on in my life, and maybe also some of the lessons that I've learned. These are exciting times. There's a lot happening and a lot of it is good. There are also some disappointments, some minor things that are not doing that well, but they're not affecting me as much as they did a couple of months ago. And that all has to do, I think, with the progress I'm making in trying to get a handle on on my emotions, on the way I react, on the way that I steer my life instead of being steered by someone or some, something else. And uh, let me just first start with uh, giving you an update on what I'm currently doing. I am uh, ...having a blast putting together my TV show, editing most of the time, and it's all coming together quite well. Uh, a lot of extra time is required for kind of setting up the new format, but... ...now that I'm, that I'm getting the hang of it, I think it will become easier and easier to produce this TV show. Currently, I've got five episodes in the, t- in the pipeline which means I've got to produce another 10 between now and the end of October because that's my, that's my goal, that's my aim to be done with TV production towards the end of October so I've got November and December for some other projects maybe also start to work on, on next year's uh, production because from the looks of it my TV show will continue next year, which is good because I think that I'm I'm doing better than ever before. Another additional advantage of having a good idea of how I make this show and how I edit it and uh, do pre-production and post-production is that I'm saving a ton of money. Normally, I would... Uh, hand over the footage to uh, editors they would have to sit on it for about a week or so and then of course I had had to pay them for all that but because I've been so uh, adamant at at finding a new strategy to produce this TV show that is easier and more fun for me and also much easier to finalize after I'm, I'm done filming now that I have that format and it works, and I can see that it works, and it's also really increasing the fun of of doing what I do, uh, I, I I can well, I'm maximizing the profit in a certain way, but I'm also maximizing my my own enjoyment of of making these TV shows. Uh, this really has to do, I think, with uh, the central theme of today's uh, talk, or today's walk, and that is to uh, to share with you, I think, uh, a lot of things that I've learned about goal-setting. I read, I think it was in one of Tony Robbins' books, that uh, limited goals lead to limited lives. And... I think that is very true and something I've experienced many times in the past. When you don't set ambitious goals that are specific, detailed, include all senses that are as vivid as possible, and also if you don't set those goals with a certain ambition, really strive for for the best, don't hold yourself back when you're setting these goals beforehand, then there is so much that is possible. And one of the ways in which I did this when it comes to my work was uh, trying to imagine what my life would look like right right now. And I started to do that after I uh, began to see the Initial effects... Oops, there's a lot of water here. I'm not sure. I'm just going to the left here because there is no way to cross that puddle without soaking my, my socks and shoes. Oops. This is more of a forest path. But the ground kind of absorbs the water better than... Uh, the gravel path that I was following the only downside is that I have to uh, kind of climb over (laughs) all these plants. that are taking over the place because of the rain it's all growing much faster so uh, one of these specific uh, goals that I set myself was I really want to have fun at what I do and so Producing my podcasts, producing my videos, uh, even celebrating mass and organizing the the international mass that we stream, it all should give me energy instead of costing me energy. So what would that entail? So I try to be as as detailed and and specific as possible uh, when it comes to my TV work, because that undoubtedly for the past Ten years that I've been doing this work has always been the most time-consuming, the most energy-gobbling part of my life, and so I—I I gave myself permission to completely rethink my approach to this uh, to this work. So, for many years, I've produced a show like this. I would come up with a couple of uh, ideas for people to interview. Segments to film. I would um, call the, call people up or try to organize it, plan it uh, without really having a very specific idea of what exactly I wanted to ask them or what I wanted to know. I just had this idea about a topic that I wanted to illustrate. <clears throat> so first change. Instead of starting with a topic, I always wanted to start with a quest. I want to find out something. There has to be a driving Question that motivates the program, that motivates what I'm going to do. So it's turning the show from topic-based into quest-based, just like in video games. You know, there are these games you play just to kill time. And those are usually the games that you enjoy the less. It's just something you play when you're, I don't know, commuting by train or something like that. But... You wouldn't miss the game one second if it if you if you had other stuff to do, and then you have these games that are really giving you this sense of progress, you really want to get that one to that one stage or level or high score or whatever, and you won't stop until you've reached it. That is that is also something that I'm trying to uh, add to my to my work. Oh, wait a minute, I, I thought I was following a path, but now I'm not so sure anymore because there are just trees here. Just go down this hill. Does this continue, or am I end, going to end up in prickly bushes? <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> I've never been in this part of the woods. Uh, okay, well, I think I'm fine. Yes, I see a road there. So, there is an exit. Um, So, make the show quest-driven. Also, limit what you want to film. Instead of picking three or four topics, just find one person who has a story to tell and then focus on that person. And instead of adding uh, a number of topics, just... ...add locations and have that person be your guide. And then also, very important for me... ...I wanted to reduce the time that was necessary... ...to, to film and also to edit the show. I, I saw um, a series, a documentary series on... Uh, ...what was it? I think it was on Amazon Prime... ...about this guy who was doing these travel documentaries... And every show is one day. is filmed and produced and post-produced in one day. Um, Which seems almost impossible. And it was well-produced. Now, of course, the difference with me is that he had a crew that was helping him. But it was a small crew. It was basically a cameraman, a director slash producer, and an editor. with these three people, he would uh, just travel around, they would film everything in the morning, and then his editor would put the show together, the episode together in the afternoon, and then they would be ready for the next day. And I was like, wow! I, 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 I assume that these are all extremely skilled people. And of course, you know, he's got a cameraman that is probably very, very good at his job only filming Uh, Usable images No need for All sorts of uh, trickery In post-production to Make it work And then the editor is probably Extremely seasoned, experienced Wait, I gotta jump over this uh, Over this ditch here There you go Ooh, look at that tree It's covered in black mushrooms Wow, that almost looks fake like completely black shiny mushrooms on the side of the tree which probably means the tree itself is dying otherwise it wouldn't have these fungus, fungi funguses fungi um, but despite the fact that this guy had probably the budget to hire the best of the best I was really um, intrigued by this idea of Of filming and editing an episode in one day. So I talked about this with uh, some other people that I've worked with in the past. And they all said, well, no, of course that's not possible. That no one does it like that. And probably the TV show that you watched is probably faking it. There's no way that you can produce a TV show in one day. Especially if it's... Like a documentary-style thing instead of, you know, reality TV. Wow, I really got myself in a <laughs> crazy situation where I'm like, like I feel like I'm on a safari here, <laughs> uh, trying to find a way out of this part of the woods. Oh, wow, another beautiful. ...mushroom here on this right side of the tree. This time it is bright orange. Fantastic. Oh, that looks so cool. Amazing, amazing. Um, anyway. the uh, The general consensus was... ...just stick with the old format. Just know that you need at least a week per episode then I'm like well if I do that and I have to produce four or five episodes per month it means that I will be doing this all the time there will be no room for anything else however my ambitions are different now I want to have the maximum amount of time for what I truly want to realize in my life. And the TV show is fun, but it's not my ultimate goal. My ambitions are bigger. I want to produce documentaries for Netflix. I want to have a thriving internet community around the masses that I do. Let's see, how can I... I'm now coming up to a fence for cattle. Uh, I hope there's a path next to it. Oh my gosh, I, I'm surprised. The water is still not entering my shoes. Probably just a matter of time. <laughs> oh no, what is that? Oh no, this is, is that a, a pond? Oh, there's no way I can cross that. What is that, a fire pit? Okay, this is not working. What if I go try to go around it No, That's even more tricky with all the vegetation Maybe I'll just walk this way So uh, Could I wait? Can I cross the ditch here? I'm just gonna give it a try. If you don't try No guts. No glory. There we go <laughs> Now the water is Uh, seeping from the from ow ouch that pricks whoa almost fell down (laughs) wow okay is this mud or is it solid no it's solid good can climb up here oh a real path (laughs) okay wow I'm back in the real world that was uh a bit crazy. Okay. So, um... What was I saying? I, I figured if, if I want to do more than just the TV work for the next couple of months... I need to reduce the time that I invest in this. It's not that it, it, it pays very well. So... Just completely... Starting from scratch. What if I could film an episode and put it together in one day... How would I go about creating something that still is entertaining to watch? And that's how I came up with this new strategy, this new approach, which consists in basically going by bike to a place and then uh, meeting someone who gives me a tour of, I don't know, a chapel, a church, uh, a a certain location, a situation. Then we take the bike. I film with my stabilizer uh, some, some... shots where we go from one place to another so we've got a little bit of travel then you're at second place that's where i'm going to do something so i try to participate as much as possible into the activities that uh, this the person that i interview is involved with you know this could be as simple as um, if i go and interview someone who runs a bed and breakfast i'd prepare the beds and the breakfast together with these people and then uh we take the bike again to another location preferably outside and we would talk about motivation and just go a little bit more in depth. That creates basically three big chunks of footage and if every chunk would be about six minutes long, five to six minutes uh, you you add the, the, the biking and everything, very easily you get to 25 minutes where there's a lot happening and there's a lot to see and All that can be filmed, if you plan it well, within 20... uh, Wait, not 20. (laughs) It can fit within 25 seconds, but 25 minutes, but you could film it in half a day. Which would give me another half a day to edit it together. Now, the filming has been really successful. So far I've been able to film everything within usually about 4 hours. And then uh, the putting together everything, editing, it's a little bit more challenging and I have not not been able to meet my own standard of, of putting something together within half a day. So I was able to edit an episode in one day, which is already, you know, that's a third of the time that I would normally put into editing an episode. So one day instead of three. And three was already much faster than most of the editors that I would uh, employ or, or enlist for the show. So, basically, I've, I've been able to bring back um, editing time from, let's say, what, what would be normal in the industry would be eight days of editing. I brought it back to one day. Uh, I'm now currently working on an episode where I'm spending even more time, but that has to do with lack of, uh, of good... Pre-production So uh, This I'm trying to expand The segment That I plan to be part of Of one episode To expand it to a full episode But I didn't film it that way So I have to Add a lot of tricks Add some other footage um, Make a new narrative And that is always much more um, Time consuming Than uh, If you plan in advance What to ask What to film For one episode But it doesn't matter, it's still another episode, so I think it's worth investing in. And ultimately, when, now that I'm editing, I'm also learning. And this may be, you may wonder how this is relevant to your life, but what I, the, the process that I'm describing is something you can apply to loads of other projects as well in your own life. It's all about this iteration. You, you, it starts with having a very clear focus of what you want to do. And really not let yourself be limited by what other people think you can do or what is possible. Don't be bothered by the norm. You are the norm. And if you, if you don't dream big, you will never reach the result. So I clearly visualize myself you know, being on, on this tour of the Netherlands, filming in the morning, and then sitting down at, at a hotel or whatever, sitting down for half a day, putting the, the ingredients together and cook up a recipe that always works. And so I didn't care that people said it wasn't possible. I just moved reality around so that it, it matched my dream. And I was like, if 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 a series on Amazon Prime can do this... Yes, there were three people. But then, in theory, if I adapt it to my own style of filming and working... It should be possible. And I I know it's possible. The thing is, I, I'm not going to rest until I crack the code. Until I've discovered how to do this in one day. Because it will not only serve me for these TV shows, it will serve me for so many other productions as well. So, I started to learn from my mistakes. Now that I'm editing, I'm like, oh, I should have asked way more questions. So next time, I'm going to be much more prepared, and I will have for each location, for each of the three segments, I will have a list of questions that I will just fire off. So I have always content and I don't have to move you know things around in order to to have a good story um, so I'm learning and I know that the next time I will go out and film I'll probably be even more efficient and the the editing process will be much faster even uh so it's this like you shouldn't change the goal if 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 it doesn't give yield the if your work doesn't yield the, the results that you pictured, don't move the goal, but move your approach. Change your strategy. And uh, be smart about it. And that is why I'm having so much fun. Because I've already accomplished so much this season with this new approach. Both in, in terms of production, uh, the fun that I have in making this. Because now that I only have to spend one or two days making a TV episode, it becomes all of a sudden much much less of a burden. It's more like, oh, it's just two days and then I have another episode in a can. So that alone, it, you get much more instant gratification in a certain way. It's very different from some of the plotting work that I had to do last season, where I sometimes spent five days just kind of racking my brain. How am I going to turn this into a coherent story? What do I do with all this footage that wasn't filmed the right way? And now I'm like, oh, I'm enjoying this. I can't wait to go out and film again and produce another five episodes. So uh, if I hadn't been so ambitious with the goals and so specific, I would have never... Come up with new strategies to to realize those goals, and then uh, of course there's also the ultimate, the, the additional uh, it 's not really not not that important but it's still um, almost a confirmation that this is what I do what that, that my approach works and that it is the way to go is that i 'm actually saving a, a lot of money, whereas a few months ago I was already I was still thinking uh, of investing more money into the production for the same result and then I told myself at one point well well, I'm crazy I'm not going to pay more I'm not going to invest more into something that will have the same end result just because I I have the feeling that I'm overwhelmed by by the amount of work that is that is ahead of me I was like no I I know I can make this work let's dream the impossible and make it happen and that that attitude I think is what made me so resourceful now all this wouldn't have been possible had it not been for all the other changes in my life and, in, and, and most of all in my attitude um, which is no longer I want to be in the situation where life is living me and I'm like I feel that I have to, 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 to beg for moments for myself. But I'm in control of my life. I'm in control of my emotions. Um, and to a great extent, I'm also uh, in, in control of, of my strategies, of my goals. And all that is tweakable. All that is... I can change all that stuff so that it works, so that my life is balanced. And uh, it it requires, first of all, a change of mindset. And that is where Cliff's Coaching is helping me and listening to uh, some of the audiobooks by Tony Robbins and reading some of those books. Not everything immediately applies to my current situation, but it makes me think. That's why I... uh, like the most is it it challenges the way i did things and have been doing things the old habits that so far yielded results but not optimal results i knew that things could be better and had to become better and uh because of uh, because i've been doing this for a couple of weeks now and i've been constantly trying to get myself into the perfect state where i I'm energized and and I try to follow strategies to get myself into this optimistic, you know, go-getter mood where once I'm in that mood, I am working more efficiently. And it's even impacting the way that I relate to others. Like one of the reasons that that I feared starting the work on the new TV season was rejection, the fear of rejection, the fear that I would call up someone and ask can I interview you and I I would like to do this and that and that person would say well no no I don't have time or I'm not interested or I don't like your show (laughs) and it was purely imaginary but this fear of rejection was holding me back now because of this change of mindset um, I think that that is contagious for the people that I call because I haven't had any rejections yet like Everybody's like, oh yeah, sure, I'd love it. And that sounds interesting. And it probably sounds interesting because I sound interesting. Because I'm motivated, I'm super pumped to 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 help them tell their story. Instead of being like, yeah, I don't know, you probably don't have time, but well, I have this TV show to make, so I've got some episodes to fill. I was thinking, well, maybe... Maybe your story could be something, perhaps, if you have time. But that alone, you know, what do you communicate like that? And I've been like this in the past, towards a lot of projects. And it's probably much more something that is a tone of voice inside of me than than that I actually voice it. But even this inner voice impacts, I think, uh, the encounters that I have with others. And if there's one thing that has been consistent in feedback that I've been getting over the years is that people like to listen to my podcasts or watch my YouTube videos because I give them energy. I give them a, I put them in a, certain, in a state. I help them to look at the bright side of things, to be enthusiastic about, about life, about Star Wars, where, where so many other people are just burned out and negative and, and and I think that that is something that is currently affecting our entire society. It's this, this sense of desperation this lack of hope. The loss of faith in a certain way, faith in a broad sense, not just faith in God, but also faith in 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 the fact that there can be a better future. There there is so much more to life than what you perceive and it starts with you trying to make something out of life you can't change much of the world you can't change many of the people around you but you can change yourself your own attitude and it's that discovery which is so obvious but it starts to change everything the moment you really apply yourself to making these changes um, the whole switchboard metaphor has been extremely useful for me over the past few weeks. This idea that you are not automatically a victim of whatever triggers you, which has been a constant hampering factor in my life, where I would I'm normally pretty upbeat and and enthusiastic and motivated, um, but then. Some people can get under my skin and tear everything down. And uh, they will cause me to feel terrible about myself, about what I do, about my situation. And the discovery that I'm actually in between that person and my reaction to it. Like in the olden times where, you know, these assistants had to connect you when you were making a phone call. They would literally have to put a plug into a hole... To make the connection. You are that person. You can do that. You can decide whether someone can affect you or a situation can affect you or not. But that requires, of course, um, at least at first, a very deliberate action. Like, I have to catch myself the moment I'm triggered and make another connection with a more positive state. And that has been a lot of fun to experiment with and there were a number of uh, very specific situations like for instance um, one of my other goals is to have the energy to do what I do and I knew intellectually that because I was overweight and let's be honest I'm still overweight um, not fit I would have a very irregular life, like going to bed late one day and then early the next day, uh, sleeping in, not sleeping in, uh, dozing off during the day, eating, uh, sometimes healthy, sometimes not. It's, it was a mess. And I know that, that it impacts my energy levels and my overall, not just physical well-being, but <laughs> much more importantly, my, my psychological state. So I knew I had to work on that. So I got myself an intelligent scale, and I was frightened by the results because it starts to measure not only your, you know, your your weight, your what is it, heartbeat, and uh, BMI, and all that kind of run-of-the-mill stuff, but also um, my metabolism, uh, the amount of uh, of fat in the wrong places (laughs) the amount of muscle and so that scale helped me discover that the biggest thing that was off in my physical condition was my metabolism which had slowed down way too much that is why i was often without energy that is why i'm not even despite the fact that i was running and working out i wasn't losing the pounds because my metabolism is not working enough so I, st- I was like, okay, I'm going to fix that. That has to be fixable. How do you fix that? You look at people who are successful at changing the metabolism. I knew that Inga was, was working with a coach to uh, to um, rev up her metabolism, so I asked her for some advice. Um, I I listened to some audiobooks about metabolism, and I was like, okay, so the thing that I have to do is not re- just reduce my calories, but I have to... Um, eat at very regular moments of the day so now i'm getting a notification when after every three hours i'm eating something not much but something so it will constantly trigger this metabolism like oh i gotta you know i've got food so i'm safe i don't have to stock up fat reserves because i'm in this state of starvation no there is there's plenty of food uh there's plenty of sleep that's the other thing, you know. Sleeping enough, sleeping well. That, uh, was another goal of me. That ha- what is preventing me from going to sleep in time? It was almost always because I had to process something that happened during the day. After each meeting, after each setback, or perceived setback, I would spend hours and hours in front of the TV snacking. Because I was trying to numb something, to... to or, or thinking that I was processing something. So I was like, okay, well, I have to get rid of all that stress. So I need to master this game of changing my mindset, my changing my state. And uh, because then, if I'm in a good state, I'll have a good night's sleep. I'll be, you know, I don't have to mull about things when I'm sleeping. I don't have to worry because I've dealt with it... Be- because I, I was able to to get rid of this stressed triggered state and get into you know a good state where I feel confident uh, I, I know that things are going to be all right, and so that is what i 've I've really applied myself to 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 mastering so for instance, yesterday there was this parish meeting, and they wanted to also talk about the streaming the, the, the masses that we stream. And, uh, you know, the, this initiative has been, I think, very valuable to a, a number of parishioners, but not everyone was convinced. And I know that some higher-up people in the parish were were pretty skeptical and didn't like the consequences of, of, of that initiative, the financial consequences, the fact that you would need to assign... One location for these masses, which would create tension, maybe with other locations. There was a lot. There were a lot of reasons to um, to not continue this experiment, and, I, and that filled me with dread in a certain way because I know that it is important. And if it were up to me, we would do even more uh, digitally because it's a great way to to form community which is something that is part of my life, part of my mission. I know how to do it. But I was dreading the meeting because I felt this, uh, the weight of this skepticism. And lo and behold, the meeting was, in my opinion, uninspiring. We were, we were faced with the biggest crisis, the biggest health crisis in, of the century, which changes society, but also, of course, changes church. Changes everything we do, but instead of thinking uh, about new ways to be close to our parishioners to form community, the only thing that I hear over and over again that evening is why can't we go back to the way things were? why can't we just you know stop all this stuff the streaming the the the, uh, the way that we schedule our celebrations just go back go back to 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 February when there was no corona I'm like oh haven't we learned anything now normally that would get me down tremendously it would discourage me because um I'm full of ideas and ambitions and and optimism and hope but when you're confronted with a whole bunch of people that are more in charge than you are <laughs> in a certain way um that would frustrate frustrate me it would uh, sap away the energy you know that when when you are in oh I forgot about this puddle here <laughs> okay dry feet let's jump to the other side ouch these prickly bushes are everywhere okay ow oh, that was poison ivy ah oh that is not good That's why it hurts so much. Okay. Change my state. It's only poison ivy. (laughs) That will teach me to wear different trousers. These are too... Ow. Wait, this is one of those moments where trying to change my state is not working. (laughs) I'm not focusing on it enough. Oh, well, this will go by in a couple of minutes. So, um, oops, more poison ivy. Now I know to avoid it i got these very uh, lightweight walking trousers. And they dry very quickly, which is nice with this kind of weather. But they also are not protecting my legs that much. So, um, an evening like that normally would lead to a depressed state. Despair almost, like... Uh what am I doing in this parish? This is never going to work. I am in no position to change things. Uh, the only way to change this is if, if, if I would be in charge and then people would listen, blah, 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 blah. You've heard me talk about these things in the past. But then I learned a trick from Tony Robbins. He said when, whenever you're in, the, in, this, uh, in a situation like this, you have to very deliberately and very actively with a lot of energy change that state stop yourself um, train yourself to associate with moments in your life where you felt great where you could you know take on the world and associate it with a sound or an expression he suggested whoosh and I was immediately thinking of the, the whoosh uh, wave file that I've used for years in my podcast you know when when I would Change topics. So, So, (laughs) as silly as it sounds, that's what I did. I was like, okay, I'm depressed, I'm frustrated, I'm disappointed, I don't agree. I whoosh. Okay, hey, I'm not in control of that situation, but I'm in control of a lot of other things that I can do that will also benefit the parish, that will also benefit the church. And look at how much, how how more, you know, how successful that can be. How much joy that will give, and maybe, maybe, over time, we'll give an example, like an alternative example of what you can, what what you can also do instead of, you know, throwing in the towel. Um, so it's like. <laughs> snapping out of it immediately i felt empowered i was like okay i'm not going to let this take me down nobody will benefit from that so i'm going to put myself in a positive mindset i know that i can do so much on so many different levels you know i'm not going to i'm not going to be bothered by this and so i slept very well i woke up this morning positive, motivated to go to work. It's just one example of how this, um, the, you know, training myself to snap out of these depressed states or letting myself be affected by others, how much that truly helps to balance my life, give me sleep, and even my spiritual life benefits from it. Instead of being resentful to, to to God, and who hasn't been that from time to time, you know, God, why do you let things happen like this? Why, why don't you <laughs> listen to my prayers and do it my way? <laughs> Instead of that, I was like, okay, well, I'm. I really think that the transformation that I'm currently in is a gift, and who is the distributor? The ultimate distributor of all these gifts, is God. He gives me tools to overcome challenges that I've struggled with for years. And it helps my mission. What's not to like? And if you see that, why wouldn't I trust that what God has put in my heart in terms of goals or visions or ambitions, that that couldn't become a reality? Why would I doubt it when i 'm already making so much progress and these i I truly believe are skills um, that I can use for years to come it's almost like once you've discovered uh, let's say you've you you've been you've been drinking uh instant coffee for most of your life and you and then you go to Rome and you drink your first cup of cappuccino or espresso. You'd never want to go back, right? Well, actually, that's not entirely true because I am currently drinking instant coffee in the morning. But that has to do with the fact that I'm only drinking a bit of coffee to wake me up. And I can't make Italian coffee. So I'd rather reserve that for when I go back to Rome and I'll, I'll drink from the source. But anyway... You see what I mean? Once, once you've experienced this alternate way of dealing with stuff in your life and with people, um, there is no reason, there is no temptation whatsoever to revert back to the old ways of doing this. I'm having fun. And I'm also learning more and more about um, which goals to set and also to make sure that I'm constantly... Uh, Tweaking my my strategies, so if I don't obtain the results that I want, um, let's say for instance, one one thing that I I, I re- really want to, and I'm going to realize, is a full church during that international mass, um, not just you know full full community online, but also I want. I want a full church because it's a community and I think that will benefit uh, the, the effect of, of that mass and, and it will be a local community that can support a, an international community and I, I believe that both of them are necessary. Well, one of the reasons that that is not the case right now and there are only a few people showing up is probably because the strategies that we are currently following are not the best and we need to tweak that. Yeah, you know, maybe we have to change location. Maybe we have to change uh, or, or start to implement marketing and try to tell more people about this initiative. I think personally, the biggest thing that I can do is to connect with local communities, local international communities like the Indonesian community, the Syrian and uh, Iraqi community of Christians and Catholics that I think would... It would be perfect for this kind of celebration. So it it will require um, a relational investment. I need to call them up, get together, uh, have them bring in ideas. All that, I haven't been able to do that. Because I'm still uh, focusing on a number of other things. Uh, a, a, a Very you know not very important thing but for for my own personal life still pretty impactful is just the rectory my house um i've one one of my biggest peeves of of, i I live in a beautiful rectory and uh there's a lot to love but one thing that was multiple times per day a real thorn (laughs) Is, is the toilet, the bathroom upstairs, which you know, is, dates back from the 60s of the previous centuries, it is old, it is broken, it is dirty um, and it's tiny, it's small and ugh. so I started to think, uh, for, for, for a lot of times like, oh I shouldn't complain, it's just it is what it is, you know, they're like I'm, I give up, that will never change and then I was like, no I can't imagine a totally, you know, different version of this bathroom. Where we would just move the door, make it bit better, turn, you know, completely patch it up. New tiles, uh, change the orientation of the bathroom as well. The only thing is I can't do it. I don't have the skills. But I was bringing that dream of like, this is also something that... I can imagine... I can visualize what the toilet looks like. I'll just talk to some people that know how to do this. And well, lo and behold, yesterday, they started the renovation project. And it's going to be exactly the way I imagined it. Same thing is true for the church. Church interior. I shared in some of the podcasts that we are kind of trying to repair the damage that was done to this church in the 60s by changing the altar... Building a high altar, we removed a carpet from the floor and uncovered a beautiful stone floor underneath. It took days to clean and to repair, but if we hadn't dreamt of, you know, a different look of this church, nothing would have happened. We were very specific, and we we have a picture, a mental picture of what the church will look like a year from now. And every step that we undertake is leading us to that to the realization of that dream if we didn't have that specific dream that goal we would never find a way to it so um but now that they're working on the uh the bathroom and then there's also a small kitchen they're going to build all that also takes takes away time and energy and so i'm thinking well I know what my goal is for that international mass, but I don't have to realize all of that right now. I can space it out over time. Once my rectory is done, I'll have a beautiful house where I can live... Uh, I can have... I, I don't know, I can just live my life without these outstanding... Uh, what's the word? kind of this list of to-do things I will finally be able to finalize some of the things that had should have been done years ago and once that is over I can refocus on that mass and build it out it's already good, it can only get a ton better so it's also about spacing out your goals, not trying to take on too many things at once Um yeah that's about it I'm back home and it's time for lunch so I'm going to wrap things up thank you so much for listening hope this was helpful and of course uh, stay tuned there will be probably a lot more updates on on especially what these changes are producing in terms of results and I will try to describe as best as possible the strategies that I apply Um, and think about your own strategies in life especially when it comes to Um, emotional triggers people that get on on your nerves try to think how you can how you can get a grip on this and and, uh, put a switchboard in between the trigger and your state and I think that will truly help you get into a better state where you can be more productive happier, uh, more balanced and ultimately a a better... uh, Instrument for, for what God wants with your life. Thanks again for, for listening. I'm going inside and dry up. God bless.